For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, the hype train, filling in for Paige DeMakos. Got Jake Arians and Jamie Eisner here as we wrap up week 13 in the National Football League. And for those of you who heard it on Friday, you're not getting a rant here. We were close. We were really, really close to having the rant. Were we close? Jake, Jake is supporting me very much. He's got the green LED lights for the Jets. He's wearing a Raiders hat. It was a successful day in Jetland. Couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, but guys, a lot of fantasy stuff to get into. Might as well jump right into it. Lots of different storylines from this week. And uh, Jamie, we'll start with you. Your big headline, your big takeaway from week 13 in fantasy. Well, for me, it's, it's a look ahead. This was the last week for most leagues of the fantasy football regular season. Now, there's still three games to play. Your league is still going to be going for these next couple of days. But for a lot of you, either your matchups are over or you've already made the playoffs or you know you're going to be one of the seeds that's playing next week. Regardless, you're looking ahead to weeks 14, 15, and 16, and hopefully a fantasy championship. So for me, the headline is, is get your playoff bench in order. This is now not the time to just have a bunch of guys sitting on your bench that are low upside and have never have a chance to play for you. You need to take a good look at your bench, whether there's three bench spots or six or whatever combination in between. And look, do you need a handcuff for your player, for your top running back? Are there players that you have a realistic shot of playing in the next two to three weeks? If that answer is no, if you have a player occupying a bench spot that has a 5% 5% chance of actually being in your lineup the next three weeks, cut them and find somebody else. Whether that's an insurance policy, whether that's an extra quarterback because they have a better matchup in a week or two weeks from now in the fantasy championship, whether it's an extra defense. You know, a lot of people don't want to tell you to pick up a second defense. I will tell you in that scenario, if you have a player on your bench, that's not helping you pick up a second defense that will help you in weeks 15 and 16. If that's not your defense that you have for week 14. You now have to look at this as you have three one-week seasons coming up right now, for the most part. Some of you play in in two-week matchups, but for the most part, three one-week seasons. And your stars and your studs are in your lineup. There are no more bye weeks. Yes, you have to worry about COVID. Yes, you have to worry about injuries as you normally would. But take these guys off your bench, these guys that are getting you five, six, seven points a week that you know you're never going to play and have no purpose. Get a handcuff high upside players or players with great matchups that you have a chance of playing down the road. Get that started now and don't just do it for week 14. Look ahead to week 15 and look ahead to week 16. You, you want to be prepared because remember every single player that's not in your lineup next week is worthless to you. Your season might be over. So make sure you have the best team from top to bottom possible. Jamie, I think Jamie you like, sorry, it's great sorry advice. You like, you like handcuffs more right now than you have. Like if you've had a guy like say yes. Alexander Madison, Riding it out. I mean, it's just like a, a I, I feel like way to have a, like a must. Like that's got to be a bench spot. If you got like Dalvin Cook has been so good. And even though he's playing the Bucks next week, like, he, he, but he's always like, you know, he's one play away from going crap. He's not playing next week. And you feel like some of these guys, you almost have to handcuff. Yeah, I think so at this point, because now you're taught like the whole purpose of a bench in the regular season are these are guys you might start down the road or these guys might break out this week. It might be a player for you one or two weeks later, or they have a good matchup. Now you can't worry about that. So you have to look at this as either guys that can help you immediately or either this week or next week, or what could sink my season? What could just obliterate me? And in the case of, let's say you have, and again, Latavius Murray is not available in like 
a large majority of leagues. But if you have Alvin Kamara, you know he's been dealing with with a foot injury. It's been nursing that. He's been playing. But you know what? You've also seen that when Latavius Murray gets to be the guy, if Kamara is out, he has league-winning potential. Go get a player like that if you have Kamara. Uh, you know, Alexander Madison under normal circumstances where he was, uh, what do you have like an appendectomy or something this week that caused him to be out? There's, that's something weird that caused him to be out this week. Um, but like, he would be a guy that you, you would throw in there. Uh, Tony Pollard. Um, and again, even if you don't have some of these guys, you have to think about what is the chance that I could lose my season if a guy gets hurt and, and there's not really handcuffed receivers, but maybe there is. It's like maybe you're a Julio Jones person. You go, you know what? Maybe I'm going to prioritize having Russell Gage as my last spot on my bench instead of Jerry Judy, for example. Who? What is Jerry Judy's weekly upside for you going forward? Eight, nine points? You could find that on the waiver wire. But if Julio Jones tweaks his hamstring, doesn't play the next two weeks, maybe that's an option. Maybe that could be Antonio Brown. Look at the, what the, the Buccaneers schedule is going to be down the stretch for you. We've seen Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans both be injured, both have hamstring injuries last season. If Antonio Brown is elevated, ends up being the number two receiver when he's going up against Atlanta's and Minnesota's and Detroit's, all of a sudden that's a really intriguing guy that might be in a flex spot. So you kind of have to be thinking in that mentality of who on my team is irreplaceable and who would be the replacement if the worst happens to that player. Was appendicitis for Madison. You were right there, Jamie. And I think that's such a good point from you because I think there are a lot of people that came into this week needing to win one game to get in or to hold on to a playoff spot and they're riding that emotional high or it's still not over, right? They're still waiting for the, for Monday night football, Tuesday night football, that they're not thinking ahead because they're so locked in to this mode. You might want to plan ahead, start to look at those things. So if you do hold on to that playoff spot, if you do sneak into the playoffs that you are prepared for that. So that was Jamie's headline. One last uh, point, Chris. Yep, before I'm going to cut you off for one last point because I've been asked this a couple times, so I think this is a great spot to address this. This includes Cincinnati running backs. So Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon. If you don't have an IR spot, obviously you don't have to drop them if you have an IR spot. But if you're in a short bench league, maybe you only have three or four bench spots, I wouldn't even hold on to Joe Mixon anymore. I've been asked this question by a couple different people today. Is it okay to drop Joe Mixon in that scenario? I think it is. Because even if he comes back this season, look at the matchups, look at the way that offense is operating with Brian, uh, Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley. He's what? Uh, flex at best. So to me, again, if you have like seven, eight, or nine bench spots, whatever. But most of your leagues, you're kind of limited and you might not have an IR spot. Start to look at your roster. Start considering guys you maybe not have thought of before. Like Justin Jackson doesn't need to be on your roster anymore. With Austin Eckler back and he's on IR. Don't waste a spot on him unless you have an IR spot. Don't do it with Gio Bernard or Joe Mixon. Like start to really look through some of these roster spots. Look at the quarterback situation. If you've been carrying two quarterbacks all year and there's one, you know you're not going to play because they have terrible matchups down the stretch, find a better option. Like this is not the this is not the time to start holding on to guys for long term plays unless you're in a dynasty league. You need to start playing for this playoff tournament. Jake, your headline from over the weekend. I'm gonna combo fantasy and real life football. There's big trouble in the desert here in Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals are two plays from losing six straight games. Six guys. They've mm -hmm. lost three or four. They're a Hail Murray and a bad call against Seattle the first time. The big problem here is that the Seahawks figured out if you blitz them the right way three weeks ago in prime time, and Kyler Murray can't run anymore. And this offense we've watched dwindle the last three weeks. They played good defenses, yes, but I don't think anybody would call Seattle a good defense until three weeks ago. So they decided we can't do anything other than blitz. Uh, Kyler Murray, who ha I've had in one league, has been spectacular this year, ends up with an okay fantasy day to day. I am worried to death. So I, I was listening hard to what Jamie just said. I'm picking up another one. I had Ben Roethlisberger. I had to make some moves this weekend. I think I'm going to grab him anyway because I don't know that Kyler can win me the championship. He got me here. He's been spectacular. My team is loaded in that league. But you're also DeAndre Hopkins under 60 yards four weeks in a row. He gets over that today. But I didn't even know if he was running routes at the end of the game. I tweeted out earlier that Kyler Murray has a body language problem that I've hated for two years. But it seems to have impermeated this entire locker room and team now. There's four or five guys pouting throughout this game. And at that point, it was within one score or 10 points. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Chase Edmonds and Canyon Drake, like the, the entire, my, my point of this is fantasy-wise, this entire Cardinals offense has question marks across the board on who you can count on. And guys that you've relied on this entire year. 
from a real life football perspective, we all blew them up way too much. Uh, Jamie and I, not so much, but the main, mainstream media of the country blew them up way too much. They're going to be better than they were a year ago, but they literally are two plays from losing six straight games. Mm-hmm. And they still have to play the Rams and the 49ers again coming down the stretch. They're on the outside looking in the playoffs, but I'm scared to death playing my Cardinals the rest of the way in fantasy. And, and Jamie, what do you do if you have Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins? Like Jake said, these are guys that brought you to the dance, yet here they are struggling, and they're going to reach a part of the season. By the way, they have the Giants, who apparently have found out how to play defense on the schedule as well. So hey, it's find not, out. I told you the Giants are good. It, it's not going to get easier for them. It, it's not, but but here's here's the thing with some of these guys. This is where you have to kind of switch from real life to fantasy. And I think maybe the biggest real life to fantasy differential that we're talking about is with Kenyon Drake, because you can see what your eyes are telling you, but you're getting top 15 running back form. It's like that's, he finished his RB 16 this week. Like you're still yeah, getting touchdowns. enough workload. He's still getting the touchdown. So you're fine with him. With Hopkins, again, he's still – most leagues you're playing three or four receivers if you include the flex spot. There's no way you drop him out of there. But the Kyler Murray one is interesting uh, because, like, I, I've already started working on my rankings for next week, and I'm trying to see where exactly I had Kyler Murray because he was a tough guy for me to rank because I just – he's not running as much anymore. Nope. They, they don't – can't. He can't. And ever since a shoulder injury, it's been an issue. Uh, I'm, I settled on right now for next week. I put him at 11 and I don't feel great about it. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, that's where he was like the bona fide QB three, QB four, QB five at worst for the first half of the year. Like right now I have him behind Ben next week where I have at 10. I have Kyler Murray, then Taysom Hill, Phillip rivers in the good Like that's the range that Kyler Murray is in right now where he's a probable start, but I'm also looking at guys above him and going, you know, if you've been sitting on a Tom Brady or a Ryan Tannehill or Ben Roethlisberger, those are all guys that play over him next week. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, this this word real life football creeps back in. He hasn't been very accurate. I think teams have put they've put on tape what you can do to slow him down in the running game, and it goes back to what we said for a long time, Jamie. Is they don't have a secondary option. Christian yeah. Kirk became that for about three weeks, but then the shoulder injury and they can't hit the deep ball. I mean, through two today, they weren't in, within a living room size area of Christian Kirk going down the field with no pressure in his face. That has disappeared. That's not Larry Fitzgerald. Keyshawn Johnson, or Keyshawn, yeah, Keyshawn Johnson's been okay. But you can't expect Dan Arnold to have two touchdowns every week. No. It, to, bail, it, to bail you out. Like, I, I you're going to play, you're going to play hop either way. But I'm like, I'm scared of my Cardinals at this point. They got me here. They could lose the championship. Yeah. And, and I think from a real life perspective, if you're a Cardinals fan, you have to be concerned. Uh, you know, you know, as Jake said, you're not outside the playoffs looking in, you have a tough schedule. It's, you know, look, we're, we're the NFC East deserves a lot of the flack that it gets, but I'm not sure that that number seven team in the NFC is going to be much better than the number four seed. I I'm really not now. We'll see if a team goes on a run. I mean, if San Francisco goes on a run with all of their injuries this year, it would be a, just an unbelievably masterful coaching job by Kyle Shanahan, which we all know he's capable of. But I mean, right now it just, they're saving grace for Arizona is that they're, they have this extra playoff spot. Cause if this was a year ago, I would be saying they're cooked, but right now when their biggest competitions are a banged up San Francisco team and Minnesota, they got a shot. Yeah. And Detroit pushed themselves in there. They're only a game out of that spot as well. So it got a oh, little, got right. a little creative. And the uh, bears are still right there with yeah. Detroit. It, it, uh, bears the, the never door, another football game. The door has no, swung, but they're wide. still right there for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our, uh, our favorite point of the week, I think, for both of you gentlemen. It is our opportunity to go through what we went right, and then, of course, we have to go through what we went wrong. Jake, I'll start with you here. What did we get right this weekend? How long do we have? As long as you want. You got that notepad ready yeah. to go? I did pretty good. The, you know, so the Bears blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, or I'd have been 11-0 and going into Sunday Night Football against the spread. One of the best weeks I've had in a long time, one of the best weeks ever. And then Kansas City decides that they're going to let Drew Locke look like a quarterback. Um, no, I mean, where I got the Rams beating the Cardinals was the biggest thing I think I got right. Like I saw, like Sean McVay is now 7 0. We just talked about this Cardinals team, but this, uh, I'm going to go right back to it. Sean McVay is 7 0 as the head coach of the Rams against the Cardinals. And they're all beatdowns, they're all 31 point performances. They have no answer for what it was. And this one started slow. I mean, they jumped on them seven, nothing. It was kind of, uh, they, they absolutely beat the crap out of them. A punt return fumble in the red zone, Arizona takes advantage of to get within three and then boom, it's right back to 10. 
one drive right down the field. Uh, it was ugly. It was absolutely ugly, but that was my lock of the week. I felt phenomenal about it. I wish I saw two or three other ones I felt that good about. I'd put them out there. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with that one for now. All right, so that's the one off of the big list. Jamie, what did you get right this week? So if you take a look right now after the end of Sunday Night Football and you sort and look at the number one running back in fantasy this week, it is oh, David no. Montgomery. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, and he, he was a must-start for me. You, I talked about him in, in a video I did. I talked about him on the show. You can run all over Detroit, and they did. And the Bears looked like they were going to be – basically, the, the Bears for three quarters played the exact same game that we discussed on the show all week and then just stopped playing and just had a, just a mind-numbing turnover from Trubisky on, on, on a strip sack. 500 just, yards that defense gave up, 400 passing. Yeah. What happened to the vaunted Bears defense? I, what, what's happened in the last couple of weeks? Like, this is not a one-week problem. Uh, I mean – I don't remember the last time the Bears had a double-digit lead in the second half and then the defense let them down like they did. Like that, that is something we have not seen in recent years from that team. But from a fantasy perspective, you got pretty good days from most of the most of the options. David Montgomery, you know, obviously had a solid day, not spectacular, but solid. You got a little bit from Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney as sneaky plays. Uh, one of my locks of the week was the, the the Bears team total over, which hit in the third quarter. Uh so I will say I got that part right. I did not expect the the comeback from Detroit. I did not expect them with rookie receivers and and their and Adrian Peterson and all this other stuff down their top two corners to to come back like they did. I don't know what's going on in Chicago right now. And it's the last couple of weeks, like look, the offense, the offense has been better, but I don't give them credit for garbage time against Green Bay. This defense the last two weeks, I, I can't explain it. I, I don't know where this these performances have come from, especially as they've gotten healthier. Hey, there's big, big turnover coming in Chicago. Yeah, certainly. Specifically with the way they've been playing as of late, you got to do something uh, with all these losses piling up. All right, we have to talk about what we got wrong, Jake. I know you had that big, lengthy list of what you got right. What's the top of the list that you got wrong? Devontae Booker. I, he has played a ton this year when Josh Jacobs has been in the game. Been very successful. They went to him in the passing game. They handed to him a bunch. I thought he would fill right in and have a monster day against this Jets defense. 6.1 points. It was awful. Like, he, they didn't use him. All of a sudden, Theo Rick is a thing for the Raiders. Rashard was out there a ton. They were handing it to him, not just throwing it to him. Like, he, I was dead wrong on Devontae Booker's usage from the Raiders today against a bad Jets defense. Yeah, and a bad Jets defense that uh, came through there on the final play. I will continue to remind everybody uh, how they performed late in that game. Jamie, what did you get wrong this week? Uh, the Titans. Um, look, the final score of that game does not indicate what this game was. The Titans got punched in the mouth and they just got basically assaulted on the ground, just physically assaulted for 40 minutes of that game. And then Cleveland's like, all right, we're, we're beating you up enough. You, we'll let you, we'll let you get a couple like body shots in and we'll pretend like this was close. Uh, that was a pathetic effort from all involved for the most part for the Titans that defense we knew was going to be a problem, but it's going to be the thing that's going to maybe make them one and done at this point. I, I, it's whether it's a combination of DMPs not being there or Dory Jackson being being hurt, having negative to zero pass rush. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but this defense right now is a complete disaster. They got absolutely bombarded by a quarterback that couldn't hit a wide open wide receiver from 10 yards out in the end zone last week. And they just let him drop four touchdowns on him in the first half of this game. I just, I was shocked by how poorly Tennessee played in this game. And again, it led to a very poor performance from Derrick Henry, which you do not expect because, but he's out of the game when they they get down big. Like he's out of the game in two minute drives. He's out of the game when they're down double digits. He never got a chance to even get going in this game, which really, really hurt a lot of fantasy managers because we talked about last week about how we loved his matchups going down the stretch. Now we could have been the RB one overall over the final month of the season not a great start. I expect to bounce back from him going forward, but that defense is is unbelievably bad right now. And I did this was one of my locks of the week that so they would win this game, and they didn't even come close. The nine and three. Let's Cleveland talk about Browns. that for a second. Let's talk about. I want to give Stefanski some credit. I thought their offensive mm -hmm. game plan was phenomenal. He relied on Baker, and Baker came through big. I've seen Baker mentioned more today as an MVP candidate than I have Ben Roethlisberger all year, which everybody's slow to hell down with that shit. <laughs> But, but they played phenomenal. Their defense got Miles Garrett coming back for them with Olivier Vernon. Those two haven't been out there together healthy much at all. 
they were really solid. Miles Garrett in the run game is damn near as good as he is in the past, you know, pass rush game. Phenomenal. But I love Stefanski's offensive game plan. It wasn't just we're going to hit you in the mouth. It's we're going to do that. We're going to hit some plays. And Baker, look, the weather was good. And there's a great stat for you. The Browns are 9-0 and when they score more than eight points. Uh, that's that is a, that's a that's that a stat uh, you said a stat they played and, in like the worst weather ever, well yeah ever they played in a, a monsoon um but that is a good point jake and it's something that i've brought up in my 20 thoughts column a couple different times and i brought it up in this most recent one that it gets kind of lost in translation when it comes to fantasy that they played back to back to back games in horrible weather and we hadn't seen what that offense would look like particularly the passing offense they were fine running the ball in that weather but we hadn't seen what this passing offense could look like under normal human conditions and without Odell Beckham Jr. And Jarvis Landry took advantage both weeks. And Rashard Higgins had a big game this week. Should have had a bigger game last week. He was the receiver that, that Baker couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on in the red zone. I mean, I, I cannot describe to you. Like, the hole was so big, Trent Richardson could have found a way to run through it. Like, that is how big it was, and he still missed that pass. But, like, we're starting to see some fantasy value of that offense. Like, I think Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins are now going to be those, like, borderline wide receiver threes on that low end that you're considering in flex spots going forward because the volume is going to be there now that Odo Beckham Jr. Is, not, is out of the lineup and that the weather's been okay. Two tough matchups for them coming up, though. The Ravens and the Giants are their next two draws before they get the Jets and Steelers to end the season. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, we got studs and duds to get into. But, Jamie, before that, you got to tell everybody about Manscaped. I do. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish wish list yet? Our sponsor today is the number one wished-for gift of the year, Manscaped. The best in men's below and above the waist grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with a new performance package that we've talked about on this show before. Get the lawnmower 3.0. You get the anti-chafing ball deodorant and the ball toner. You get all that great stuff that we've been shilling on the show for weeks now, which is, by the way, excellent. As we've told you on the show, we all use the product. We're telling you from firsthand experience, it, it is something you will enjoy and the quality is top notch. But what's new about this performance package is you also get the ultimate hygiene bundle, which includes the weed whacker at ear and nose hair trimmer, which is waterproof, uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system to help you trim above the waist here. And best of all, you can get this package, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for a family member, whether it's a stocking stuffer, whatever you need for the holiday season, you can get it and we'll save you a little bit of money here too. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping by using TDN at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Very good, Jamie. That's fantastic work by you there to tell everybody about Manscaped. So A-plus effort there. Studs and duds. Jake, we'll start with you. Your stud from week 13. Corey Davis has become an absolute oh, day. monster for the Titans. And it, like, this is a this is like six weeks now in a contract year where they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Former first-round pick. If you've ever seen him in person, and then A.J. Brown standing, like they have two of the most physically – they're not D.K. Metcalf, but they ain't far off. I mean, they, have, they are big-bodied guys, but he has this confidence all of a sudden. 12 targets, 11 catches, 182 yards, and a touchdown – for 35.2 points. Phenomenal. Now, a lot, a lot of it was a lot of it was early, actually, when this was still a yeah. game. He's, he got some stuff in the second half. He has, as Jamie said last week, kind of become wide receiver one that's drawn more attention. A.J. Brown's taking advantage of it on the other side. But, man, he has become an absolute stud. He's a guy, along with Curtis Samuel coming back, a lot of people forgot about this week, who Jamie and I talked about a couple weeks ago, are the type of guys – that could win you your championship. So if you're feeling bad about some of the stuff we were just talking about, the Cardinals or some of these guys, and you listened to us a few weeks back, these are guys you got to start getting in your lineup. I'm damn glad I put him in today. And Jamie, Absolutely. I don't want to steal your thunder here, but the next two matchups for the Titans, the Jags and the Lions. Corey Davis has been a guy I've been on all year. Um, uh, for, and he, it's funny because I've been a Corey Davis like dismisser for a while because every year in fantasy, the last four years, there's always that like late, August, early September of like, is this the year for Corey Davis? And it was never the year for Corey Davis. Because he's until such it a became, freak. But then it became the year for Corey Davis. And he has been absolutely phenomenal this season. And 
I, I keep saying it. He's the Titans wide receiver one. I know everybody loves AJ Brown and AJ Brown's phenomenal. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. Corey Davis is the, the wide receiver one in terms of the way they structure that offense, the way he gets targeted. He has been sensational. He has one bad game all year. One bad game. He got blanked against the bears. Every other game, his other worst game was three for 36 and a touchdown. That was his second worst game of the year. If they bring him back, you got to be talking about with AJ Brown taking another step and he plays with this kind of confidence. You got to be talking about one of the top three duos in the league. Absolutely. Tannehill's dealing and he dealt doing the same thing he did last year, but those two guys healthy. Whew. I mean, you got, I don't know how you bring him back because he's going to hit free agency because you didn't pick up his option, but. I'm telling you, you got to figure that out because those two together, I don't know how you stop this offense. With a year that he's having, uh, I think there's going to be a couple of teams lining up to mm-hmm. ask Corey Davis if he would like to play for their team next season. Jamie, Yeah, because then you go back to that draft stuff I'm talking about. Like You mm-hmm. look at him and go, oh, shit, yep. that's what we put First round pedigree. And, yeah. yeah, he's an absolute freak that you're now seeing it on the field. Jamie, you're stud. We can't talk. We can't go throughout the rest of the show without talking about the performance from Darren Waller today. Uh, what, oh, man. Look, the only reason the Raiders were even able to hang in that game long enough for Greg Williams to throw it at the end was because of Darren Waller. I mean, 13 catches on 17 targets, 200 yards and two touchdowns. You hear the term uncoverable a lot. The Jets could not cover Darren Waller. They did not have the human beings in their presence to stop Darren Waller at really any point in that football game. It was just whether or not Derek Carr had enough time to get the ball to Darren Waller. That was really the only question. He was open always. He caught everything. Just an absolutely dominant performance by him. Oh, and by the way, even right before, like a few plays before the the Henry Ruggs essential walk-off, Darren Waller was wide open and got missed. Like he could have had that walk-off touchdown for an even bigger day. So just absolutely remarkable at a position that has been so just ridiculously poor all year. Uh, he has been a, a tremendous boost. He's a tight end two next week. He's a tight end two going forward. Like it's him and Kelsey and everybody else. Yeah, Jamie, I was going to ask you that exact question of, has he kind of put himself in that conversation with the year that he is having this game kind of accentuates it, but has he kind of moved up the board? Maybe a product of oh, yeah. there not being other options. Well, this year, yes, going forward, I'm not going to draft him over George Kittle next season, but I think he's going to be that. I mean, you would have a hard time saying he's not tight end three, right? I mean, like it's got to be Kelsey Kittle and Waller. Darren Waller. Waller, like, yeah, that, Waller's that's way be ahead it. of Andrew. We're talking about next year. Else at this yeah, point. I mean, I think you know, I think he might be pushing those two, especially if you're talking about getting him around lower. Well, that's gonna be that's gonna be the interesting thing because we're gonna see Kelsey. Because Kelsey, as high as he went, is still living up to his expectations. So he's going to – I mean, I'm going to wonder if Kelsey's going at the turn next year. Like, I think it's not going to be in, like, just family leagues. Like, I wonder if he's going at the turn in general. Like, his ADP is going to be, like, 12.5 or something uh, next season. And if I can get Waller in the third or fourth round, which is kind of where tight end threes have been going, whether it's been Andrews or Ertz the last couple years, that's kind of where they've gone. I'd much rather have that value. Absolutely. All right, guys, duds. Jake, start with you here. Miles Sanders, 10 carries for 31 yards and one target with no catches for 3.1 yards against Green Bay's defense. Not really his fault per se. Jordan Howard looked better than he did running the ball in this game, who was elevated off the practice squad and has done nothing in Miami. and really hadn't done anything since leaving Philly the first time. But this Eagles team has just – monster problems but as bad as the running back situation is in fantasy you were counting on a guy with a good matchup to get you a decent day at least 10 points 10 12 for miles sanders 3.1 that's costing people freaking making the playoffs and costing Mm -hmm. people games that was an absolute dud performance today yeah um it was and like i'm looking where i have him next week because it was just such a disappointing like where he was going in drafts and then you sit back and you wait on him I think I ended up, I'm looking at how far down I dropped him. I dropped him to RB 28 next week. Like, I, I think he's legitimately now like in that conversation of maybe a flex spot. They're just not using, he's not a factor at all in the passing game. He's not getting enough carries to be worthwhile in the run game. I, I know, I understand draft value. I understand all the time you took to, to sit back and wait for him, but I'm just not feeling that's, that. That's a, that's probably a better example of what we were talking about earlier. Like you can't sit Hopkins. You can't sit some of those guys, but you can't sit Miles Sanders. You can't yep. sit Giovanni Bernard. You can't sit some of these guys that are just 
you perceive their value because of what they were when you took them three or four months ago versus what they've been since you've seen them. Those are guys that I would say you don't have to go out of your way to get them in your lineup for the postseason. Then you got to weigh the risk of who's playing quarterback for him next week. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is making his first start, it's going to get a lot of people excited. Like all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're going to run the read option more and they're going to, he's going to be in there and he's going to be used. I, I, the offensive line still sucks. Right. Like he, yeah, Hurts looked okay, but he was playing vanilla defense down the stretch and they returned punt. Things got interesting for a hot minute. But you don't really know what you're going to get. I, I don't know that if, and if Wentz plays, you just saw for a couple knows? weeks now what you're what you're getting. So yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's and you're playing the freaking Saints. Oh, by the way, I think that's a great point. I don't care who's starting next week; it's not going to change my ranking of Sanders. And and I think if we we get to Wednesday or Thursday and Hurts is let's say Hurts is named the starter, there's going to be a renewed energy to throw him in there as if anything has really changed. And yes, they're going to run more read option. They're going to do some more of this stuff, but. If you think about what happened, and it's, I know it's not apples to apples, but think about what happened to the playmakers in Miami when Tua got the first start. Like, like we're not the, – the Justin Herbert-like situation we're going from Tyrod to an arm talent like Justin Herbert is way different than any of these other scenarios. Like, I don't think you're going to get this big boost out of Miles Sanders if Jalen Hurts starts next week, but I know a lot of people are going to be more excited about playing him if he does. I'm going to say it again. They're playing the Saints defense. It's been yeah. falling out of their minds for four or five yes. weeks. You can't run on the Saints. And I'll add this story. I know that Jalen Hurts came into this game and obviously they didn't necessarily have a game plan specific for him, but they have been working on packages for him. So it's not they like they the didn't, whole series, right? It's not like they didn't have tools in, in the, in the arsenal to get Miles Sanders involved and showcase it off. It's not like this came out of nowhere, right? They have been kind of preparing us for this for the next couple of weeks. So the I, Eagles offense and problems. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. The Eagles offense and problems go well beyond just Carson Wentz. Yes, Hell, Carson yeah, Wentz deserves do. a lot of blame, but that offense and the way that team is being operated from top to bottom right now is in complete disarray. And I don't care who the quarterback is right now; those problems are not going away. You're dud, Jamie. The entire Los Angeles Chargers. Can you do I that? Can to... we give a dud to a whole team? We can. Okay. Yes. Because right now, let me let me read to you. When the they play top... that bad, you can. Okay. Here are the top five fantasy scorers. This is PPR scoring, by the way, from the Los Angeles Chargers. There are going to be some big names on here. Austin Eckler led the way with 10.8 points. Keenan Allen, 9.8. This is full PPR. Mike Williams, 8.3. Kalen Balaj, 6.9. And quarterback Justin Herbert, 6.36 fantasy points. And you Oof. didn't even mention Hunter Henry, who a lot of no, people no, are playing. Uh, so Hunter Henry, uh, I think, five, uh, point, 0.5 points. 1.5. No, sorry, so 1.5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, yeah. 11th. Uh, he's behind wow. somebody called Steven Anderson. <laughs> Somebody called Stephen Anderson. And another tight end that was playing in the XFL. Excuse me, Stephen Anderson, so, the pride of Cal, the University of Cal. That's adorable. Okay. So this was so what the final score of this game was what 45 nothing? 45 nothing, yes. yes. Wasn't that close. <laughs> I, this was a fireable beatdown. I know Anthony Lynn after the game said he expects to be the coach on Monday. And he might or well might be, but that doesn't mean he, he means Black Monday. No, he won't, he won't be. Whacked. He won't be the coach on January fourth. He'll make it to then, but man, can I just add real quick that the the Chargers lost a game in which the two quarterbacks that played for the Patriots combined for let me check my notes here a hundred and twenty six passing yards. They lost forty five to nothing, and it, it it was forty five to nothing. Cam Newton had sixty yards passing, I think, at one point. Yeah. Uh, this was I should have locked this one in. I felt great about this one too. When I was like Belichick's and, record against rookies, but Herbert's played so damn good against everybody, it didn't matter. Her, Herbert's the only reason. It was it's like the Joe Burrow effect when we were like, Yeah, but can the Bengals keep it close? Type of a thing. It's so funny because this line moved. If you if you saw my Twitter account, before, I was just about to ask you, yeah. This line moved a point and a half in the Chargers' favor since we did the TDN against the spread show. And I was like, I don't understand this. Like I didn't think there would be a blot of this proportion, clearly, but I thought the, the Patriots would be perfectly fine in this game. What's the and we didn't even get the, the, the paint by numbers, just that Herbert throws three touchdowns and they lose. They just lost. They just got I mean, this is just this is just a crippling loss from uh, from all accounts. Uh, this team has so many problems, I don't even know where to begin with. If you played the Patriots defense in fantasy this week, you probably won. <laughs> I am hard pressed to beat somebody that did. I'm I'm trying to come back from it. But yeah, it was a monster day for them. 
Yeah, Jamie, can you give me what they ended up scoring this week, please? The Patriots 24, defense? 24, I think. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers defense, which you looked up by accident, scored you negative points. So Thanks. I, I didn't need you to look that up. I could have told you that. Uh, okay. New England starts with an N, right? Okay. Yep. Okay. This is great podcast. This is great. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty 31. sure it was 24 points. 31. Well, it depends, depends, depends on your scoring, but in Yahoo leagues, 31 points. Goodness. Three sacks, two interceptions, a touchdown. Uh, because remember, we got the special team score too in there. That's right. So two touchdowns, a blocked kick. Oh, yeah. The punt return. Oh, and by the way, zero points, which is always the biggest boost that you get when you get to do that point. Total. Yeah, th- th- uh, that certainly this... helps. Woof. Chargers uh, need to clear, clean house. There's too much. There's uh, for checks watch fifth year in a row. They, there's too much here, talent on that the team. Here's the question, though. Here's the question. Do they clean house? Because Tommy Telesco has built that freaking talent that's there. That, I mean, you can't as a GM, you no, cannot no, put I a mean, more talented roster yeah. together. That is your job. Th- that's but he fair. also hired the coach. <sighs> so close like do you really clean house because every year on paper we freaking buy this thing and go oh yeah they're practicing yeah. a high school field with holes in it and they all get hurt apparently i don't i don't know how they the entire team has injuries like nobody else but like i think tommy telesco's done a hell of a job he also just drafted herbert i don't know that you really jump ship from him no but you got to change well, he's, he's, at this point yeah you got to you got and special teams wise god are they bad so Missed right now kicks, blocked punts Net punt average, punt returns, it's awful. Yeah, no, they, they, they lost. I think they said this on the broadcast. They said that this might be hyperbole, but that might have been the worst special teams performance from a team in the history of the NFL. Like, I mean, it was just pathetic. Was the problem for them is, is they need to get up one spot. Like, they're right now in the number four spot. Like, they're not going to get the guy that they want there. Like, if, adding Penny Sewell to this team would be, a huge get for them. There's just no oh, way they're going to, there's no way to get by Cincinnati. I will add this here to our conversation about Tom Telesco. He's been there for seven years as a general manager, the two coaches that he's had in his reign, Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn. So if you were going to push back, he has been there a while. And you usually don't if, get three. Well, you don't. And if, and we're assuming the, if is ownership didn't meddle in who he hired. Fair enough. Guys Fair get enough. fired all the damn time because their job is to hire the coach, but they had nothing to do with it. Fair enough. True. Right? So I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. The Spanos family, I have no idea. Right? I, they, they, they're all over the map on what you hear about what's going on with them. If Tommy hired those two head coaches, that's fireable without, regardless of how awesome the freaking roster is. And he's built a phenomenal roster. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's wrap up mm-hmm. uh, this show by looking at the two. Yes, that's right. Two Monday night games that we get this week. We'll start with the Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Jamie, I want to start here specifically. The Steelers messed up week with the Ravens game and getting it moved all the time. And now it's somewhat of a short week when they play this game. What are realistic expectations for all of the Steelers that people probably at this point, you can't take them out of your lineup. They're in there. I, I think you've had to have had realistic expectations coming into the week. Washington has putting out a good defense. They're pretty much top 10 across the board in every major category. Like Ron Rivera has them playing some damn good defense. And there's a lot of talent, particularly in that front seven. That being said, you're still going to play the Jujus and the Deontay Johnsons and the Chase Claypools of the world. You know, if you in a flex spot, I think Benny Snell's perfectly fine because he's going to get the work. But I don't think the Steelers are going to blow them out because one, the Steelers don't blow anybody out right now. Like this is just, it's not a team that's doing that. Even when they've had, I mean, they played that Cincinnati game a few weeks back was like the first time I thought they really put together a complete start to finish, but it also was against Cincinnati. Uh, to me, this Washington team is way better than what Cincinnati has been putting up to me. The big matchup in this game that I want to watch is on the other side. And that's Antonio Gibson versus this rushing defense because Gibson has been tearing it up lately. He is, he is running the ball way more effectively than I thought. Like I thought this was going to be a project type player when they took him, that they were going to ride Darius Geis and maybe even the comp, maybe even Bryce love and Adrian Peterson. From, Cause that's what we were looking at at the beginning of the year. And instead, you know, Darius Geis had his off-the-field issues. They cut him. They cut They cut Adrian Peterson for, in general. We never got to see – I don't know if we're ever going to see Bryce Love play significant minutes in the NFL. He's out for the rest of the year again. Uh, but Antonio Gibson comes in as a guy that had – as we talked about last week in the, in the uh, that little stretch around Thanksgiving, had more carries in a five-day stretch in his entire college football career, is running the ball extremely effectively. Looks like he has good vision. 
against one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. That, that to me, is the marquee matchup here. Chris, I want to touch on – we'll flip it back to the, the offense for the Steelers and why you're going to play all these guys. All these little dink and dunk crossing routes and bubble screens is an extension of their run game. They're not, they don't run it very well. That's fine. Ben is being pressured, I think, 10% less than any other quarterback percentage per dropbacks in the NFL. He's under 23%. I'm pretty sure that's nine or 10 points apart from number two. The ball is coming out extremely fast. So while this defense can really rush the passer, I think all those guys are going to be just fine in space. They're going to try to get Deontay Johnson in space. They're going to hit, take the shots to Claypool. I think you're going to be fine there from a fantasy point of view. I also think that's how they're going to win the game because I don't think they're going to run it very well. Steelers favored by six and a half in this game. So Jamie said, uh, you know, boy, that up. is, that is so that's, that's funny one. Cause that's the one that's been dropping and dropping. When yeah. we made that pick originally on the show, it was eight and a half. That's two full points since we last talked about it. I'm glad we got those two and a half. <laughs> and then the, uh, the other game, which I need help understanding the line on this one, the bills on the road to take on the 49ers, but not in Santa Clara. It's in Arizona where the 49ers will be playing for the next couple of weeks for their home games. This line I'm looking at it as a pick em. I want to check in some different places as well. Yep. I'm pull, pulling up bet online as well to make sure I have the accurate number in front of me here and refresh the page. But a pick em for this game, Jamie. Uh, I think that's pretty appropriate because I think the Niners can win this football game. Uh, I've been really impressed by what they've been doing lately. I'm not very impressed by Buffalo's defense in general, who are still not getting the, the discredit that they deserve. Uh, I still see too many articles about how talented. and uh, This Bills defense has not played well all year long. Like at, at some point it's, it's December, like you are what you are at this point. And, and they haven't made many improvements. I, I just, I like what the number 49ers are bringing to the table right now with Raheem Mostert back playing at a high level. You're going to have Debo Samuel and Brendan Ayuk both on the field together. Uh, both those guys are viable starters this week. You know, it, it's tough talking about in this context. Cause it's at this point, you've made your lineup decisions, unless you're mm -hmm. choosing between like the Steelers guys and the Niners wide receivers, you've made your decision at this point in the week. Uh, but both those guys have been startable for me. Ayuk has been perfectly fine when Debo Samuel's been in the lineup, so I want to see that sort of that sort of thing continue. It's probably better in this matchup that he's in there. Absolutely, because there's one Troy White and nothing else. And there's one not. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't care whatever that not is, whatever that receiver is, is going to have a ton of success, and they and they're going to move these guys all over the field. You you see how they scheme things up to get the ball in these guys' hands in different in different scenarios. Uh, expect big games from all three of those guys. I'm very curious to see San Francisco's defense again here because Josh Allen has been playing at a really high level. And we are, you have Richard Sherman back San Francisco's defense overall has been, they've been holding their own with a lot of twos playing for a lot of the season. And now they're going to get some of these guys healthy, not all of them, but a few of these guys back and healthy. They got Sherman last week. Uh, Jason Rett's playing at a, an extremely high level. It's a guy that's always had that injury concerns in his history, but has been talented. This game is going to say a lot because the Niners are squarely in playoff contention right now. And the Buffalo Bills, they don't have a lock on the AFC East yet. And they don't have a lock on a playoff spot yet in a very jumbled and strange AFC overall. So this game has tremendous fantasy, but also tremendous playoff implications. I'm going to help you understand why that line is a little off there, hype train. Thank you. The Rams offense, while it's very good and it's schemed up very well, have nobody that scares you that's going to run by you. You're not worried about them taking off the top. They don't have a speed guy. I think the difference in this game is Diggs running right past Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman cannot run. He's phenomenal. He's a veteran. I love him. He's, I'm not knocking him. He's that's never been his thing. When my dad was at the, at the Cardinals, we would take J.J. Nelson and run right past him. And if he held him and they threw the flag, you knew you were going to have a chance that night because that was the entire M.O. of that defense. Exact same thing here. I think the, the deep ball, the big play, mm -hmm. no weather conditions in the desert, for the Bills and Josh Allen playing at a higher level than Mullins is going to be the difference in this game. I agree with Jamie. I think San Francisco can win it. I just think I'm going to ride with the, the better quarterback and more playmakers on that offense. Debo Samuel's back. Yes, Ayuk's back being there together with Mostert. Like, they're still trying to figure out what they're doing. I love Kyle. You guys know that. But I, I just I think that the X factor here is Josh Allen taking advantage of somebody deep. Let's also add in here, guys, that after the events of today, the – 49ers are looking at a playoff spot that just got ever so much closer. That also is going to factor in to, to this as well. They're going to be amped up even more so to play in this football game. So that should be fun. It'll be weird to see how they handle. I mean, they've been in Arizona for a while now getting set up, but I, I wonder if that'll have any impact at all. Probably not, but you just never know right now. Man, as crazy as California is right now, they're probably loving being here. You can actually like go outside, do something, yeah. say hi to somebody. 
probably helping them. But yeah, we'll see if that has an impact as well. But that should be uh, a good game. Uh, Jake, final thoughts here on this podcast. I have a couple. I'm going to start with saying great job, Tua. I, I was on record as saying you're going to go 11 for 22 like you normally do for under 100 yards. You made some plays. 296, I think he was almost at his first 300-yard game. Playing a really bad team, and they didn't pull away. And this offense is still not anywhere near as good or as explosive with Fitz. But Tua played a lot better. He looked like he's getting a little more comfortable. I was still shocked they played him. I really was. I, I, I don't think it's the right – I still don't think it's the right move. But I'm going to go back and eat a little crow and say he played better than I thought he was going to, that I'm on record as saying that. The other one, I want to give a shout-out to my boy Shane Beamer, all accounts. is about to become the head coach at South Carolina, getting a shot. Hell of a dude, hell of a football coach. Love his dad, Frank. Known the family for a long, long time. Uh, I'm pretty sure all the reports are true at this point. But uh, just I think they're getting a hell of a coach. I think he's going to put a good staff together. And I'm going to remind everybody as we start getting into we're going to fire people. These guys have families that are leaving and these guys that are bringing you, you're so excited about the candidate, the one guy, ask who the hell they're bringing with them. I, I saw somebody tweet something out today. Would you rather have the Texans job or the Jets job if you're the GM and who you're bringing with you as your head coach? All I saw was Joe Brady and Eric Bieniemy. I still don't know who Eric Bieniemy's bringing. Yes, he's a decent candidate to talk to, but Joe Brady's been a friend coordinator for one year. And he was the co-coordinator at LSU. He just got all the credit. Like, people... A guy like Shane has been around a long, long time and a bunch of different staffs going to put a hell of a damn staff together there in Columbia, South Carolina. So shout out Sam Beamer. Happy for you, brother. I will say real quick, Jamie, before you get into your final thoughts, Jake, that is the one thing in the short time that I've known you that you have instilled in me and that every time one of these things comes up, I think about. It's like not just who they're interviewing, but what does that mean beyond that? And I that since you and I had that conversation a couple of years ago, I have never been able to shake that thought when looking at it all makes these all rumors. the difference in the world, yep. man. It changes everything. Jamie, final thoughts. And it applies beyond just that. Like I know part of being a head coach is part of being paid what you are and the recognition that you are is to be the figurehead and to answer for decisions that other people make around you that you put into place. But uh, you know, whether it's you know, like tonight, for example, there, with the Andy Reid thing and not challenging the touchdown catch. Well, okay, there's a guy in the box that's supposed to call down to you and also would help if your wide receiver would tell you, hey, yeah, I caught that. But but it, but, a, but being the head coach means you're the one that has to take the heat for it. You're the one they're making fun of. You're the one they're making memes out of on, on Twitter, even though that's not really your specific job. Same thing here. Everybody focuses on the one name and not all of the other pieces that go into it. That's a great point, Jamie, because people overlook it and they're going to try to kill Andy Reid and put somebody else, they murder him on Twitter. How many guys from that box is Andy Reid trust to tell him have left because they've yeah. gotten jobs. Yeah. Right. Like that, that young dude that's been telling him that is now moving up and then leaving. Right. Like that's exactly what I'm saying. Not just your offense coordinator, defense coordinator, special teams coordinator. Who's your clock management guy. Who's your old mm -hmm. veteran. You can go talk to to lean on when, because everything changes from year to year in the NFL. It stuff is just so vitally important. And, and being and trust. Just being able to trust those guys. And, because you, and having you can, worked with before. Yes. Continuity of like, hey, I'm not meeting my defense coordinator for the first time because the ownership wanted me to keep the defense coordinator. The GM hired him over me and they hired me as the head coach. That doesn't work. No, ask Dallas. Show me an example of where that works. Ask Dallas, he says. He just um, sneaks in a shot. Go ahead, Jamie. But there's beyond that. Uh, I want to give uh, – let's – take away from fantasy for a, for a second here. Sorry. It's, I'm getting to the end of like a 14 hour day. So my, my words are slurring here. I promise you haven't had any mighty swells yet. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Hank. Uh, he, he was our intern. We've talked about him a lot. Uh, he was, he was the butt of some of you our guys Manscaped might know him reads. as Hanky poo, Hanky poo, uh, Linda C's favorite intern on the show. Uh, but Henry joined us for the last several months. He, I make it sound like he died. Uh, he's, his semester's over. He's no longer uh, an intern here. He took another uh, amazing opportunity, actually, at a place I used to work uh, in, in the Phoenix metro area. So, uh, but we were very happy to have him. Hopefully, he's listening. Give him a shout out. Uh, he was actually the first true intern we've had on the show. Uh, worked his ass off clipping shows. Uh, those videos that you saw on our Twitter account was all him. Uh, those graphics that we, those infographics with all of our pictures and major quotes from the show, he would make those. Uh, he really helped us take the next step into bringing this beyond just the audio form. Uh, so we were, I just want to give him a shout out with an awesome job that he did for us. Um, and I, I, would, I would be remiss because I did not realize the semester was over. So we kind of got a, it was, it caught me by surprise to get our message from him. Uh, I'm after not going to be man enough not show. to admit I was disappointed to get, get the text. Oh, yeah. I didn't. 
I don't think about life in semesters and have it for a long, long time. No. It's been 20 I years. Was, I've it it shocked me. Like, I, and I, I should have realized it, but it's just like it didn't even cross my mind. It was like, okay, well, they, you know, Hank just became a part of the show. Uh, but he was a huge part of us the last several months. So I want to give him a, uh, his due shout out there, worked his ass off, and wish him all the best. Uh, he's going to be working for Arizona Sports KTAR, for those of you that are in the Phoenix area and know what that is. That is the ESPN affiliate out there. Uh, and I wish him all the luck because I, uh, Used to work there part time, and a lot of people there. Paige worked there as well, uh, so there, there's a lot of a lot of connections there. Chris, we worked there as well, yep. uh, so there's been a lot of connections for us to that spot. It's it's a good stepping stone. So I uh, want, want to give Hank a shout out. Hopefully, he's listening. So my final thoughts are, Jamie, I echo those well, sentiments hang entirely. On, hang on, go ahead, hang on, go ahead. Hang on, hang on. Before you give me those, give me the music. You really? Give me, give me the sound bite. You want the music at this I late? I want the sound bite. I want. Give me, give it to me. Thank you for hosting the last two shows, oh, Train. We love you. You're the you. man. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank w- you. Thank welcome you. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm happy to job. be part of this. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so my final thoughts are back to what Jamie was saying, because I echo the sentiments about, about Henry, but I'm extremely uncomfortable with Jamie saying anything nice <laughs> anything about nice. anybody, because I have known <laughs> Jamie long enough to know that there's always like a butt, and then there's just some sort of insult being slinged my way. So... I, I just I feel I feel uncomfortable about what just happened. Well, if you would have been on the show when yeah. Jamie did the first manscape and Paige and I mute and dive off the camera because we were about to throw up laughing and the look on Hank's face when he called him Hanky Poo the first time, he, he owes him he owes him a good Yeah, I, I, I can owe him that because it was spectacular. I can owe him that. So uh, every once in a while. Now if Hank was around long enough, he he would get the same wrath that you get, Chris. A, which is week. like it, which is which every compliment is followed by an equal equal or greater insult yep, but absolutely uh, did want to give him a shout out because it was a huge part of our show and, and for a lot of people that got a chance to see a lot of our graphics and video stuff um it was good and also led to eventually knowing that we had some other elements of the show that we wanted to bring and then you're here yeah, that's right that's nice that's nice too yeah that, 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 there you go uh on that note jamie where can everybody follow you and uh, get all your fantasy related content pretty big week coming up Yes, you can. It's uh, at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You can read my 20 thoughts column from this week and they get everything that you need for the first round of the postseason. Jake, social handles for you. At Arians NFL Instagram and Jake B. Arians on the Twitter. Paige will be back on the Tuesday show. The gang will be all back together on Tuesday. I will uh, slide out of the hosting duties. Let her take back over. But don't worry. Don't worry, Jake. Don't worry. I ain't going anywhere. The live train will be there on Tuesday with some takes for you. So we'll do waiver wires on Tuesday. Get everybody ready uh, for the the playoffs in fantasy. Pretty big week coming up. Uh, And for everybody who's still got matchups on Monday and Tuesday that are hanging in the balance, good luck. Hopefully it all goes well. Hopefully you find yourselves in the playoffs. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.